0: small child
1: Well, you're probably already tired of hearing from me uh, announcements and prayer bulletin, but uh, you get to hear me preach tonight as well, and uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to preach tonight, and uh, Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two, sticking with the Christmas theme, uh, you know, it only comes around once a year, so you got to take advantage of it, and uh, I'm excited, you know, uh, you don't know how much you miss something till it's gone or you don't have it. And, man, missed the choir tonight. And uh, you don't realize how much that adds to. And, of course, we've got so much sickness going around and things and um, had to do that. But, uh, and you know, it's, it's good from time to time to see that you realize those things and how important that is and uh, thankful for our choir and all the work they put into that. Um, you know, uh, if I were to narrow down Christmas to one word, Obviously, there's a lot of words that you could use, but one that I think of is just a small three-letter word, and that's joy. And uh, the Christmas season is about joy and uh, the joy that we have. And there's a number of reasons why we have joy uh, this time of the year. You know, uh, a lot of our Christmas carols, you know, we sang joy to the world tonight. And there's joy because the Lord has come. Um, we think of, oh, uh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And uh, there's a, a lot, like I said, at this time of the year, especially to be joyful about. You know, and I wonder tonight how many of you are joyful. I look around and some of the faces I'm seeing here, I'm trying to find the joy. But um, if you don't have the joy in your heart tonight, I hope I can... Uh, help you through the Word of God to uh, stir up some joy in our lives. Um, for Christians, man, we ought to—we've got to let our joy come through so others can see Christ through us. And uh, you know, there's definitely—it's uh, there's easier times to be joyful, and there's harder times to be joyful. Um, anytime you're going through a trial or difficulty in your life, uh, you have a flat tire going to work, or your car—you go out there, jump in your car, your car won't start. Uh, It can be hard to be joyful at some of those times. Um, You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my heat wasn't working in the car, and it felt like it was like negative 45 degrees in there. It's probably only like 25, probably not even that. But, uh, man, when I got that fixed, I was joyful that my heat was working. Was I joyful at the time that it wasn't working? No, not really. Um but my lips were frozen so I couldn't get that joyful praise out anyway, so that's my excuse. But uh you know, it is such a nice thing to come to a place like this. We sing hymns, we sing songs. That makes it easy to be joyful when we have a church like we have, when we have when we serve of God that we serve, there are some things that should make us joyful and bring joy into our life. Uh, you know, and that's why church is so important. And we need church. And, uh, you know, I was talking in Sunday school how I love the good old hymns that we sing and how music can motivate and stir your soul. And, you know, that music uh, uh, prepares our heart for the message. And I'm thankful for those things. And, um, you know, there's just so many things, you know. But sometimes I, I think we're not... Joyful or we don't have the joyful spirit because we get it mixed up a little bit. Sometimes we associate joy with happiness. And then we base it off our circumstances. But we're not supposed to base our joy off of our circumstances. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that brings happiness to some people but not to others. I mean, I'll give you a good example of that. Um, Going to the mall this time of the year... Joy killer. Okay, stay far, far away from those places. The last few weeks, my wife's been telling me, man, it's it's Christmas time, and I just feel like I should be at the mall Christmas shopping right now. No, no, no. Don't give in, man. Hold your ground. Unless she's going to shop for you to get you. But they don't have tool shops and malls and things like that, so there's no need to go to those places, son. But, uh, you know, we can associate um, through the Word of God, and we know that that perfect gift was given to us when Jesus gave His Son. And we know the, the true meaning of joy, and uh, we're going to look at um, some things tonight. Where does Christmas joy come from? Well, Luke chapter number 2, a uh, very familiar Christmas passage here. We're going to start in verse number 8. And it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we thank you for this. Uh, Night that you've given us Lord, this opportunity to open up your word and lord I pray that we can evaluate ourselves tonight and and see where we're getting our true joy from and lord that uh, Make sure that we're focusing on you and lord how we can be an example to those around you Lord pray that you just be honored through it in christ's name. We pray. Amen you know, I see here that christmas is a Delightful disruption here. You know, you think about the shepherds, man. They're out in their flock and are out in their fields watching their flock. Just a, a normal night for them, a routine that they're going through. And all of a sudden, the, this angel appears and the glory of the Lord shown round about them, the Bible says. And I believe that night they got the bejeebies scared out of them. Okay? You say, what are bejeebies? I don't know, but they got it scared out of them that night. And I've had them scared out of me a few times in my life. But we see that uh, the angel there, as he said, and the angel said unto them, verse number 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. This was going to be one of the greatest nights of their life. And they didn't even know exactly what was happening and what was going on at this time. But it was going to be a great night full of joy for them. We see... The angels brought him good tidings and great joy. Well, what was that good tidings and great joy? We see that in verse number 11 where it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, I bet that was a great relief when that angel spoke up for those shepherds that night. You know, as I want to look at a few things tonight that can help us with our Christmas joy, you know, you can't just go down to Walmart and buy joy. You can't go to the shopping mall and just buy joy tonight, a true joy that is going to fill your heart tonight. But some things that we can look to in the Word of God that will bring us joy. Number one, I see the prophecy of His coming. The prophecy of His coming we all know uh, Micah chapter number 5 and verse number 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Euphrates, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old for everlasting. You know, I like that phrase in there. It says, though thou be little among the thousands. You know, isn't it great that God can take something little And make it great. Isn't great how God can take something insignificant and make it significant tonight? You know, we can say we don't have anything to... I've got nothing to offer the Lord, or I don't have much to offer the Lord, but what we do have to offer, He can take and make it great tonight. And He wants just that. And we see time and time again in the Word of God how He just wants what we have. Hey, He doesn't need the latest and greatest. We don't have to be the best there is around. He just wants us tonight. Just like that little boy and that little lad that gave his lunch. He said, it's not much. but it's all I got. You can have it. Think of that little old widow woman said, hey, all I've got is these two mites. I'm going to give it all. Oh, you look around and see all of the people that were putting in all the money. And they said, oh, look at this little lady. She's only. But look how much she had left over and look how much they had left over. She was giving it all, and, and God wants to give, wants us to give all to Him and watch Him make it great. You know, they knew of the prophecy. Come and let's flip over to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 here. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his, his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for, today, for thus it is written by the prophets, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. See, they even saw, they said in there in verse number 5, and they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is written by the prophet. Hey, Christ's birth had been prophesied a number of years before, and we see that even these men, they said, Herod says, hey, where is this Jesus at? They said, well, he's right where it was prophesied, where it was written down. You know, the prophecy of the King, of our Savior, brings great joy tonight because once again we see another truth. God's Word, in God's Word we see another truth and we see another promise that was fulfilled. You know, we look at the Word of God and many want to dispute the Word of God and and say that it is just man's Word and that there's errors and contradictions and things. But And when we see, we see God's Word fulfilled. We see God's Word is nothing but truth. And as a Christian today, this brings us great joy because I'm not putting my faith and trust in my words today or what our pastor says or what a Baptist says or what this church is, but what the Word of God says. And that's something that we can take to the bank and we don't have to worry about if it's going to clear or not. You know, this is not just some story that was made up to to sound good. Uh, They didn't just come up and say, oh, this will be a a good story to entertain people. And no, this was a true story that we see the account of it in the word of God. We see that uh, God's word is true and not just the knowledge of his birth will bring us joy tonight, but taking that knowledge and putting it into action. You know, realizing that because of Christ's birth and his willingness to go to the cross, that now we can have eternal life and now that we can have true joy and we can escape that punishment of sin, what we deserve. Which leads us to point number two here, the reality of his coming. We see the prophecy of his birth. We see the reality of his coming. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you, Is born this day. This is a true account, just as uh, a normal birth takes place. And you know, my wife is about to give birth here any any time. Well, they're saying January, but I think any time that guy's going to come out, and uh, maybe it'll be a Christmas present for us. But we see that this was. Uh, We see the miracle taking place and how that the Lord used Mary and that the Holy Spirit brought forth um, our Savior. And, you know, there's a lot to look into to Mary and the purity of her life and being used of God. You know, they're trying to take away the virgin birth and trying to say that it's not important. But my friend, it is very important tonight. We have a risen Savior tonight. We have a holy God because he was born without sin. And if he had anybody, uh, any man that conceived that baby, that uh, made that baby, that would have the bloodline of sin and would have sin in him. But we see that the perfect Lamb of God was without sin. And that is why we have the opportunity to accept him tonight and he can take away our sin. We've got to be careful, you know, that the world and society and they're trying to take away the deity of Christ and the fundamentals and uh, the doctrinal things of Christ that are so important. They're trying to diminish everything they can about Christ. See, just as real as His birth was into this world and uh, an actual account, and we see where it happened and how it took place, and just as real as that was, we can have joy tonight because His second coming is just as real. I love the account over in John chapter number 14 when it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I'm thankful that my Bible doesn't say, I may come back. I possibly will come back. No, it doesn't say that. It says, I will come again. A promise that God has given us that should fill our lives with joy today is the second coming of Jesus Christ. If that doesn't fill your heart with joy tonight, then I don't know what will. That would even fill the Grinch's heart with joy right there. My wife accused me of being the Grinch. I don't know why. But I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about where I'm going to spend eternity. First John 5:13 says, "These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God." Once again, it doesn't say that you can hope so. Maybe so, but it says that you may know. And I'm thankful when I pillow my head at night, if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, I know where I'm going to be. And I'm going to be with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who gave all, paid all for me. Man, that ought to excite us tonight. That ought to bring us some joy to our life tonight. The reality of His birth, that it was real, that it actually happened, that the second coming of Christ is coming. The Bible tells us that we don't know when that's going to happen. But we better be ready. And how are we doing at sharing that message of joy to those folks around us that are not ready for that day when He comes? See, thirdly, let's look at the purpose of His coming. Start looking at the purpose that our Lord and Savior gave His only Son and that He was willing to come. It will bring great joy in your life. Once again, back in Luke chapter number 11, verse number two, or Luke chapter two, verse number 11, says, for unto you is born this day. You know, consider this passage here. The angel is talking to the shepherds here. You know, when you look at the shepherds, um, they were on the bottom of the social status. Uh, They were usually... um, the rougher men, the uneducated men. This wasn't a position that people desired and were lined up trying to become shepherds today. They were what may be considered as outcasts of the society today. But look who God chose to announce His birth to here, the shepherds. Aren't you thankful that He came for the outcast, That He came for the lowly? Hey, but that isn't the only person that He came for. He came for the rich. He came for all. When He came, He had you and I on His mind. That's why He came. He came for you. He came for me. You know, and this is where Christmas becomes personable. See, it's not enough to just say that Christ came. Millions say that Christ came, but yet they're still lost in their sin. It's not enough to say that Christ came and died for somebody else. But we're not going to be saved until we realize and we say, Hey, God came for me. God died for me. God rose again for me. We've got to make it personal in our life today. You know, in just a few short days, families will be gathering, be gathering around the Christmas tree. Be opening presents, giving presents, things. I'm sure that you'll have some presents given to you. What are you going to do with them? Just going to leave them there? It's not going to open them. What good will a present do for you if you don't open it? You've got to receive that. You've got to open that. And over two thousand years ago, God sent a gift. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Jesus is God's Christmas gift to us. But we'll never experience it until we personally receive God's gift, which is His Son. You know, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. You know, we've got a lot as Christians to be thankful for. We've got a lot as Christians to to be joyful about. You know, for the person that's lost tonight, and God is offering that gift for you. All you've got to do is accept it. I know this is a Wednesday night crowd, and I would assume that most of us have accepted Christ But if somebody hasn't, you can do that tonight. Don't reject that gift. Don't just allow it to sit there unopened. But for us tonight that are saved, can the world around us see it? Do they see the joy in us? You know, the Bible talks about how we are to adorn the gospel. You know, that adorn to to make more beautiful, to make attractive. Oh, we don't need to... Add anything to the gospel. Now, the Bible is very clear. Hey, we don't add or take anything away from the gospel. But are we attracting others to Christ? Are we making Christ look attractive to others? Can others look at us and say, I want what they have? One thing that's going to help us to do that is to live a life that is full of joy. And like I said, Joy doesn't always equal happiness. Joy doesn't always equal the right circumstances. But sometimes joy equals a a rough road and a hard time, but we can look back and we can say, hey, look how God has brought me through that. Look how God worked in my life and how God used me to help somebody else. God has got a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. You know, and He says that He wants to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. God wants us to be full with joy. God wants us to live a life that is uh, fulfilled and, and satisfied by Him. But what are we trying to fill our lives with and our heart with outside of the things of God? Trying to fulfill those things. We all get to that place. We all go through that time where... Where we think that we can buy happiness or we can do this or we can do that to try to... When we know that it only comes from Him. Sometimes we shy away from the Word of God and the things of God because I think we're a little scared of what we might find. Maybe there's some things in our life that might have to change. That we might have to work on that. We might have to admit, hey God, there's some failure in my life. There's some things that I've got to work at. There's some things that I've got to get rid of so that I can do more for you. So that I can impact the world at a, a higher and uh, higher standard for you that others can see Christ in me. And you think about the ones that are following behind you. The ones that you're influencing. And I've got two little kids. One really little. Not even out yet. But that little daughter of mine, she picks up on everything I do. And her mother reminds me every day how much she is just like me. And how she even looks like me. Acts like me. Talks like me. Well, kind of. But what am I putting before her? What is she seeing? You know, I could sit back and think, oh, she's not even two yet. She'll be two in January. I don't have to start worrying about that till three, four, five. It's too late. It's too late. She is soaking it up now. She is getting influenced now. And what is she going to get? Hey, what are your kids getting? What are your grandkids getting? What is your spouse getting? What are your neighbors your co-workers what comes in is going to come out what are we giving out tonight and we need to be giving out the love of Christ and and the joy of this time of the year and the joy of being a Christian and there's no greater thing oh we have our rough days maybe you had a just a, a horrible day today maybe you've had a rough week but doesn't it help you to come and to look and See what God has done for you. See the joy that is that is right there that all we have to do is claim claim it. And I just keep going over the same promises of God, um, you know, these last couple of weeks with doing Christmas series and Sunday school and this message and different things. Man, the same promises just keep exciting me. Man, there is so much in the Word of God to soak up. And to claim today. Let's not neglect it. Let's not let another Christmas go by. Without being thankful. First of all being thankful for what God has done for us. And the sacrifice that's being made. But let's not let another Christmas go by. Without sharing that. Without gifting, re-gifting that gift of salvation to others. And let's make sure that everywhere we go that. We're adoring the gospel of Jesus Christ, drawing others to him. Let's pray. Dear the Father, Lord, come before you tonight. Lord, thankful for how you work in our lives, thankful how you move. Lord, we're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we are the influences that we need to be to the lost around us.